Good Monday morning and welcome to another episode of the podcast, Insanity, A Peace of Mind. I am your host, Stephanie. This is episode 126. Sounds a little echoey again because instead of recording in my office, I am in the kitchen. I am in the kitchen because I'm going to have a couple of my daughters join me. I'm going to have a couple of my daughters join me because we are going to start a discussion about adult children and parent relationships. And that is a much broader topic than it might sound like because it will include more of the three circles because I've decided that that is a topic we should never stop talking about. And it's going to be about parenting because I am interested in highlighting a lot of parenting things, which also translate into the bigger, broader world of relationships. But I feel compelled or impressed to discuss parent-child relationships in part because I run two parenting groups a week and very often the clients that I see are dealing with family dynamics that require a lot of parenting help and support. And so that is why I am going to take this track. And what I've realized in my education and experience and the things that I have been learning about is that basically parenting is everything. And I don't mean that parenting is everything, I mean that parenting is the relational piece that really overarches all of our relationships. If we can figure out how to be good in our family relationships, we can figure out how to be good in our other relationships as well. And I don't mean good as in good. I just mean adequate. All right, we've moved again, so it's not going to be quite as echoey anymore. Just trying to keep you all on your toes. So I have Lindsay with me and Carson in a minute. I will let them re-inform the audience of who they are and where they fall in the family. And then we are going to have a free rolling (laughs) conversation about them being an adult child and me being a parent. And I might ask them some questions. And this is going to be the beginning of something. And I don't know how I'm going to play it out, but I do know I will want some audience feedback and some audience questions, but we'll talk about that later. So who wants to go first? I'll go. Lindsay. This is Lindsay. Hi. Um, I am one of many middle children Hmm. and third youngest of many it's nine we're we generally just count nine yeah do you want me to say anything else well why yeah why are you here um like on this podcast no in my house um i'm in this house because (laughs) i live here yeah my mom lets me live here and my dad yeah and your husband lives here too my husband also lives here yeah and i think that's important because that's going to play into kind of the dynamic of parent, adult children and their parents. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, who wants to go next? Me. Carson. I'm Carson. I'm the baby of the family. The last one. And I'm in this house because I just graduated college and I have nowhere else to go. <laughs> and? And I love being at home and I'm saving for grad school. Okay. So, All and right. my parents are so generous. Let me live here for free. That's so nice. <laughs> oh, and I'm, oh, oh, and I'm going to grad school. Oh, right back now. To, I didn't say that. Yeah. Back to Lindsay. Sorry, I just had to add that mm -hmm. detail. Yeah. So actually both Lindsay and her husband are in grad school. And both Lindsay and her husband are working mm -hmm. and Carson, like she just said, just graduated and needs to earn some money for graduate school. And they are two out of three of my children and then one spouse who actually live here. Mm -hmm. And so this is playing really well into this conversation I want to have about adult children. So I... I can't remember if I mentioned it on this podcast or not, but I had this thought several weeks ago, which has probably gone into months now, that we don't attend very well at all to the transition from our teen, young adult relationships with our parents into our adult relationships with our parents. And I think this is a space that gets either ignored or just taken for granted. So I will share a couple of my thoughts and then you girls can chime in when you think of something. It's probably likely that you've heard some of these thoughts because we tend to talk about much of this stuff, but, and Lindsay and I were talking about it earlier today and you used the word necessity. So our relationships with our children exist clearly out of necessity because parents are taking care of their children. They are feeding them and clothing them and interacting with them all the time because that is their job. That's part of the protection. That's part of safety. That's part of caretaking. And then as children get older, we drive them to their activities and we take them to the library and we read stories to them. And so we have very intense, frequent associations and interactions with them. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much universal, I hope. I mean, obviously everybody's experience is different, but I think we could all more or less agree that those younger years, it's very easy to be involved and quote, no, unquote, our children. You too? Thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I'm just... I'm just thinking of, well, I've been listening to your podcast lately, so obviously I'm thinking about the three circles and we, you mentioned that it would come up, but just that you talk in one of the episodes about how parents kind of out of, again, out of necessity cannot stay out of their child's, like I'm talking like baby, toddler, hmm. child, you don't stay out of their circle because for safety, health reasons, you do always get into their circle. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then I think the transition into adulthood and increased autonomy is where a lot of, I don't know, maybe tension or turmoil happens with adult children and their parents. I Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. 
I think we get accustomed to our role and we hang on to it as long as possible. Mm -hmm. And I, Emma talked about the fact that we anticipate danger mm -hmm. in our child's life. And so we jump over into their circle in anticipation of them doing something that will eventually lead to something that they might, that might harm them. Yeah. And her point was they're not there yet. And I think that's a good point. And I want to get to some of that in a minute, but I kind of want to stay in this transition period because I, I will use more examples. And then Cars, if you have something you want to add, they get, kids get a little bit older and they're involved in sports or activities or they sing or they uh, play an instrument. And again, parents are intimately involved because they're taking them to their lessons and they're picking them up and they're going to their concerts and their games. And they're talking to them about how well they did or how they could do better. or And so we have this, there's this common theme in the lives of children and parents. And the, the theme is, I am your parent and I will support you in what you are involved in. I will, I will enjoy what you enjoy. I will come watch you in your things. I will coach you. I will counsel you. I will correct you. I will yell at you. I will shame you. I will, <laughs> I will love you. I will pick you up when you fall. And all of this takes place literally under a single roof for the most part. Again, ideal families, normal experiences where, you know, you have children living in the same house with their parents and ideally you have two parents and all of the stuff that I am generally talking about. Then kids move out. Kids transition to something else. They don't have to move out. I do know I have talked about this. Some of this is coming back to me. They transition somehow. They do something different. And now I'm no longer invested in lacrosse or softball or baseball or soccer or track or choir or drums or orchestra performance. And now what is my relationship with my child? Now what am I doing? I'm going to let cars go. It's kind of a bigger one for you. But what do you think? Arguably, you and Dad were the most involved in my life just because I did sports year-round. Dad was a very, very big softball fan of mine. Didn't, didn't miss a game. Drove me up until I was 16 to every game. Came to every game no matter how far it was. You were always with him. Dad was late to one game, my senior night game. Just came to every soccer game, came to every racquetball match that I played. Just always there. And then I moved to college and I was like, now what? <laughs> yeah. Now where do I now what do I do? And so for my probably a good two months of my freshman year of college, I called mom every day and updated her on everything I was doing. Oh, told, I remember this. Told her about all of my classes, all of the people I've met, all of the professors I had, what I ate that day, <laughs> just everything. And then by the end of my senior year, I probably went five to eight days without calling you. And then I'd call you and update you on what happened. And then I'd go another five to eight days without calling yeah. you. 
it was a weird adjustment though going from having you in depth at every event i was ever at to not seeing you guys and not living under your roof anymore yeah well and i remember i told you you didn't have to do that yep you said like you don't don't have have to call me all the time (laughs) of course sweetie you don't have to call me every day well and i I think, I mean, I remember a period of time where dad was actually hospitalized (laughs) sick and we missed like a whole soccer season and it was, it was yours, Lindsay. And I think probably Kylie's Mm -hmm. because you played together, but I think he was the same. Oh yeah. 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 When I think about my like activities, you know, sports, music, whatever, like I, I, always remember you and dad at everything you could possibly be at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's my point that feels built in. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for us, it was doable. I realize it's not doable for other people. And I realized that in some ways, I remember talking to a mom of one of your friends, Carson, and she grew up in, Michigan. I think she grew up in Michigan. She's my age because our daughters were the same age and she had an older son who was Reagan's age. And, um, she said, my parents came to nothing. I rode my bike to everything. I rode my bike to every practice. I rode my bike to every game. I carried my own equipment. I did all my own stuff. My parents came to nothing. And that was not abnormal. She did not feel a way about it. What she was what we were communicating to each other at the time was that look at what we're doing. Look at how we're here for them. Look at how we support them. Look at how we invest in them. You know, she said, my parents love me. I love my parents. I rode my bike five miles to a practice. And now we, I mean, we have picnics at practices because everybody's there. Well, and you and dad being there was a big enough deal for me just because you guys had done it my whole life that my senior year softball game that dad was late to because he got stuck in line buying flowers for me. I told the umpires that we weren't starting the game. The umpire said, it's time to start. And I said, you're not starting the game until my dad gets here. So this is the most important <laughs> game of my career and my father will be here. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah that's I told funny. my coach that I wouldn't take the field. Yeah. So you can start, but I won't go out until yeah. my dad gets here. Senior nights, all of it. Yeah. Okay. So this is really fun and I love reminiscing about this. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's move on. Yeah. Because then what happens? Yeah. Then how do you encourage a different kind of relationship with your parents? Yeah. How do parents find a new way to relate to their now adult children who have different values, who are maybe not literally moving in a different, you know, out or in a different direction, but figuratively moving in a different direction, taking classes at school or, and and this is important because I think we have an obligation that very often we do not attend to. Mm -hmm. And that is to do the work to switch the dynamic. And I, I'm guilty of it. We are guilty of it in this house of still struggling with a new way to be in relationship with our adult children. And we have nine adult children and the oldest is pretty damn old. And we are still 
working on figuring out how to do this. And I don't know that we're doing it very well. And I, my training and my job and my profession honestly makes me better at it than maybe dad would be. But I am so impressed with how he's listening and Mm -hmm. internalizing and working to do some of the things that we've been talking about. And I don't know if you guys notice it, but I notice it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I do too. So what would you girls say you, I mean, if you're talking to a bunch of parents like me who now have adult children and you all may have better relationships with your adult children than I do. And maybe you have figured out how to do this. Grandchildren is one of those things that that bridges that gap, but that can't be everything. Yeah. So what would you guys say to us old folks, us older parents? I have a lot of thoughts in my head and what's, what's kind of ringing underneath it all is rite of passage. And I didn't think this was weird really, or I didn't think anything of it until someone pointed out kind of recently within the last year that our family, like we grow up, kids grow up and leave. And we all move out of state, either temporarily or for a while. We work jobs in different states or we move towns. Like we grow up and leave. And then just naturally that, I don't know, that separation begins to happen. And I like, for me, I remember going to Idaho and coming back and just realizing that like the family was no longer the expert on me. Like I had always believed that because it was kind of always true. It's like, of course they know me and kind of know what's best for me or whatever, or like their opinions like really matter because they've been with me this whole time. And then I went off and had this experience that was like, they knew nothing about. And then when I came back, it was like, well, I, I'm different. And then like, I don't know how it was for you, mom, but I just remember being like, I am not the Lindsay that left for college. I am a new Lindsay. And I guess I can speak to the, like, I felt that I had the space to be the new Lindsay. I didn't feel like I was confined. I felt like it was difficult to show up in this new way, but I never felt like there wasn't space for it. Okay. So if I'm hearing what you're saying, you are saying to parents, to whatever the circumstances are as their children transition into from that late teens into young adulthood, that parents need to step back and really allow whatever the child is going to grow into Mm -hmm. to happen. Yeah. One element of rite of passage is like a new way of relating. It's community. Like a rite of passage is held by the community and it is the community understands that this person going through this transition is no longer the same as they were before. And so you relate to them in a new way. So kind of the whole premise is that you make room for them to be, and you actually expect them to be different. Okay. And our culture doesn't really have that. I mean, there's graduations and marriage and whatever, but yeah, like I don't, I think you know, if your kid has just been at home the whole time, it might be hard to one day be like, okay, you're an adult now. 
-hmm. and how do we relate differently? Because you're still 25 playing video games in my basement yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm not knocking that. I'm actually saying yeah. I can see your point. That would yeah. be hard to recognize a break point mm -hmm. where you then begin anew. Yeah. And I'm just noticing like our family, we all left. Yes. Like every single one of us left for a period of time and came back. So there was just that natural before and after mm -hmm. without, you know, with without the marriage or graduation or whatever. Right. With, and without having to create something. Yeah. Okay. I, Cars, before I get to you, Linda, I want you to explain, I'm sure, I mean, rite of passage is not unknown to people, but it, explain rite of passage in okay. the way you would have done it at PQ. Yeah. So a rite of passage is, there's three elements and the first one is severance. So severance is leaving behind the old way. And it is reflected in, you know, like the hero's journey. Every Disney movie is a hero's journey. So we could take um, Lion King and Severance is Simba leaving and going and finding Timon and Pumbaa. Mm -hmm. And then there's Threshold, which is the in-between time where, you know, the hero or the person learns all this new information, goes through trials. And then there's severance threshold and I might be using different language but I'm just these are the words I have and then reintegration where you come back so Simba returning to his pride and you know the threshold would have been him fighting Scar and whatever and then he comes back home and he's now he's not just Simba he is the king or whatever so to take that in like modern day what a person would experience severance I leave school I leave home to go to college. I have all these experiences that my family is not, they're not right there with me in it. And then I come home and I have to be a different person integrating all that new newness with me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Carson, I would like you to speak to how maybe given what Lindsay, the framework Lindsay just gave, what your experience with that was coming because you all you you leave you come back for summer i mean most of you came back from summer for summer if yeah. i remember correctly i don't think anybody stayed and then you went back again so how do you see rite of passage um and whether dad and i uh gave you maybe some the similar space that lindsay felt like she had to integrate her new her, her newness her yeah. as a new person I noticed in college I was one of the few people who didn't hate coming home. Like, a lot of my friends either didn't want to go home for the summer or didn't. And I was always so excited. It's like, I get to go home. Um, that was your siblings, though. Go ahead and admit it. Was it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't Could know. Could have been. <laughs> but you, but, but so something about home. Yeah, it made me want to be here. And while I was in college, yeah, I would get to end of July, early August, and I'd be like, okay, I'm ready to go back. But mostly just because college was great and I had that time to have experiences without my family there and without, I don't know, without the boundaries that I had at home and the boundaries that I got to create rather than the boundaries that were created for me. And then coming home this time after I'm done with college has been really nice and I don't know you and dad have never 
It's like, I can call you from college and tell you that I'm doing something that you find stupid and you don't say anything about it. You just let me do that. And then when I come home, it's kind of the same thing of just, you don't try and stop me from making mistakes. You just let me do it and then learn, complain about it to you, yeah, mom, mm-hmm. and then just learn from it and not do it again. So it's, I've always been free to do for the most part, what I want to, what I want that I think will help me grow, whether you and dad agree or not. And it was like, uh, greatest example I have with dad specifically is college softball. I said, no, I didn't want to do it. You and dad told me, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And I said, yes, I'm sure. Freshman year of college, I realized that I really miss softball. I called you and you said, yeah, I get it. That's I'm really sorry. That sucks that you miss it. By my senior year of college, I was like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't play. Okay. Just mm-hmm. full 180 two separate times. Yeah. And you and dad just allowed for all of that to happen. Yeah. You, yeah. You're creating a new you. Yes. And, okay, so that brings up a really good point, especially with this for you, Carson. So I think at mine and dad's job is now to find a new, meaningful way to relate with you yeah. and to relate to you. And I know there are big gaps and I know that I'm contemplating and thinking about and wondering about those gaps. Now I am mom. And so I have a different role and there is a difference between moms and dads. And if you don't think there is, I, I don't know why, but you would have to explain that to me. And I am the more present parent and I am talking more often than not with six girls. Mm -hmm. And so there is definitely a dynamic there that exists. And so it's easier for me to find new ways to relate with you guys. Um, In our house, there are three of us, four, three and a half of us, four of us who are going into the same field. Okay. That's a lot of conversation. Um, You know, there's a lot of mothering going on. That's a lot of conversation. There's a lot of, you know, working out um, sibling relationships. That's a mothering conversation. So transitioning into that, those different areas of life, just more often than not is easier for women. Mm -hmm. Even if they're even if they're mothering boys, okay, or men, um, again, because we're just kind of the nurturing ones. I was talking to a lady the other day, and she's like, you know, my kids don't come in the house. I, again, adult children. She says my kids don't come in the house and say, "Dad, where's dad? Where's dad?" Mm-hmm. You know, they come in the house and say, "Where's mom?" Yeah. You know. Now, one of the things I have noticed is that a, as the kids have gotten older, and especially the ones who have stayed away and not like moved back home or maybe don't live in the same town that we live in or something, they call dad. Mm -hmm. They call dad. And I think that's fantastic, you know, because whatever is going on, there is a relationship there. There is something that they want dad for. He has, you know, he has wisdom and insight or information that they want. And I think that's, um, I think that's really important. I also, one of the things that we did when you guys went away to school to kind of help transition that dad relationship is it was primarily his job to call kids away at college. Mm -hmm. Did you find, did that resonate with you? 
Yeah, in, in the beginning. Okay. And then I think when I came back, when I was at USU, it was different because I think I came home like every weekend. So okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. You don't need to call me on Wednesday if I just saw you on Sunday. Right. Yeah. 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 Dad called me. Yeah. And that was his, that was kind of his, okay, here, here is a new role you were going to take. Um, you are going to call all college students, you know, and he, he didn't, he didn't resist it. It wasn't like a job or anything, but it was like, okay, they're now in a new transition. They're in a transition. They're in a new place. Your job is to check in with them. Yeah. And I think other than when you called me, I do believe he did most of the outbound calling to college kids. Yeah of, you know, it didn't matter what they were doing or where they were. That was kind of how we sort of tried to make a different kind of connection. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, Bum, where you're like, where, if at all, you countered any, encountered any resistance, like where you found yourself being like, oh, I'm treating them like, you know, the, a teenager or a child when they're an adult living in my house or not living in my house. Not living in your house? Either, either one. I didn't have a, I, there had to be something pretty, I don't, the only word I can think of is egregious, serious. There had to be something pretty serious going on for you guys at college for me to take back on a mothering role. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and there were a handful of those yeah. um, because college is hard. Um, you had some, Christian had some, um, Kylie had a little blip which was, you know, just some, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I don't need to explain anybody's. Um, so, so yeah, each one of you, I don't know that you did. No. Um, but Christian, Kylie and Lindsay all had experiences during college where it felt very much like I kind of took back on a mothering role. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, it was from a distance. It was like, you know, here's what's going on. Here's what I can offer you. Here's what I'm disappointed about. Here's what, mm -hmm. you know, I would like to see different. Here well, is my, I mean, for me at least I opened that door. Yes. Remember I was like, I need help. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. So I guess just thinking about the three circles for me, that was invited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that was long before I knew about the three circles anyway. So I would have yeah. been all up in your business. <laughs> yeah. I'd have been all up in your business anyhow. Yeah. Um, I was the perfect college child who never had anything wrong happen to me. It's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lucky you, sweetheart. Never had to, never had to call dad. Um, well, and I'm trying to think. I mean, I could even go to the older ones. I mean, I, I just skipped over the four older kids. Um, but it was the same thing. I mean, it was the same kind of thing. Every one of them moved away. It was either college or a mission or um, college or just moving out. And... I, I'm sure I didn't know any, I know I didn't know any of this stuff then. So we don't know what we don't know and we have to learn. And this is why I'm doing this podcast because I do think there's this space of where we just don't attend to them. And, and I was talking with dad the other day and we were talking about this and, you know, so you've got a lot of, uh, you've got a lot of parents who think if it's not broken, don't fix it. And I listen to a lot of clients whose parents don't know it's broken, mm -hmm. but they think it's broken. And I'm listening to them talk to me about their dads or their moms or their parents or their siblings and about how bad this is and how non-communicative they are and how they can't believe their parents still do this and how, 
And this obviously is why this is very important to me all, all of a sudden is because these poor parents have no idea. And I know this because I have asked my clients, do you think your parents are aware of this? Do you think your dad understands this? Do you think your mom recognizes this? Have you ever talked to them about it? And they're like, well, no, they just wouldn't understand. And I'm like, oh, my poking my eyes out, (laughs) which I don't do because I am a professional. But it has really opened my eyes into what I think our obligation is. I think as children, and y'all know I believe in God. And so as children of God who are aspiring to something better than just the natural man, I believe there is an unspoken, and if I find it, I'll let you know where it is, obligation that we do our very best to continually improve our relationships. Mm -hmm. And I believe that can be very slow. I believe that can be very tiny. I was talking to dad about it yesterday and he's like, well, what if this? And what if that? And what if this? And I said, yes, sweetheart, I know that fear is what's coming up in you. And you are, you are talking about, this is not what I said, but here's the metaphor I'm thinking. You are talking about demolishing a house. I am talking about planting a seed. Oh, in terms of like improving relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I am talking about, I'm not talking about deconstructing a relationship as it exists. I am talking about the tiniest little move in a direction where you say, Hey, how was your day? And listen. Yeah. Right. Because we don't listen to each other. We are very quick and cursory and perfunctory in our relationships. And so I'm talking about planting seeds. I'm talking about the tiniest moves in transitioning into more meaningful relationships with our adult children. Okay. I'm now going to ask them again to give specifics about what, as adult children, what they think parents should offer or what a parent's responsibility is. I don't know if I've done that an adequate request lens, but see what you can do with that. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> we did practice this right before we started recording. Yeah, I just need to look at my notes really quick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I think the biggest uh, kind of issue I see between adult children and their parents is um, the parents wrapping up their identity in their perception of their child's success or failure. And in other words, don't make your children make you good. Okay. I need you to be more explanatory. I know we have some ideas that you're thinking about. So go ahead and use the examples that we were talking about, because I think we need examples. Well, so, so, you know, maybe a common one for people in Utah is like 
kids grow up attending church, adult child decides not to go to church and it destroys the relationship with their parents because their parent is, has, feels like a failure because their child no longer believes in the church. And I just wish parents knew that that had almost nothing to do with them. Okay. And I think I'm not a parent, obviously. I don't know, but I think de-identifying with your child will allow you to actually see them. Uh. So yeah, your child is not an extension of you. What they do is actually not a reflection on you What at, at a certain, well, actually their whole life, but especially as an adult. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just see a lot of parents who kind of alienate their children because they feel like they failed. Yes. And you are talking about 22, 23, 25, yeah. 28, yeah, these 30 are like year my, old. Kind of my peer age group from what I've seen. Okay. My, yeah. And so what you're seeing is their relationships with their parents are still tied up in their parents trying to manage their values, uh, hold ex- the same expectations that they used to hold. Yeah. And not being able to move past and give space for the child, again, an adult child, to find their new way of being. Yeah. So there is no reintegration. Yeah. Okay. So in the hero's journey, you've had the severing. You've got these kids in in their threshold and their threshold might be, I no longer believe this, or I no longer want to be this, or I am no longer the person I was when I was in high school, but there is no reintegration. Yeah. What happens to a child, adult child, when there is no reintegration? Well, I mean, for what I've seen, it's just cut off and damaged relationships. Okay. And I think, I don't know, but I think the family suffers as a unit when you don't allow those things back in. Mm-hmm. You don't allow children to bring their experiences back in. Okay. I've said, so I work with a lot of kid clients. And one thing, you know, I have just like get to know you questions. And one is like your favorite thing about your family. And we both draw it. And, you know, I do it with them. So I always draw like a bunch of different shapes and colors and mm-hmm. have them to represent my family Mm -hmm. and the kids always guess like some of you have different shaped heads (laughs) but always like yeah we're different that's what I love about my family is we're all very different and I I benefit from the differences in our family yeah and so when there is no reintegration your 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 suspicion or your understanding is that the family itself loses something yeah Uh, Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. So parents, your child's success, which is not even a real thing, (laughs) is not about you. Mm -hmm. Don't make it about you. You didn't fail your kid if they don't, if they weren't a lawyer, if they don't go to church, if they didn't have kids. Mm -hmm. That has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And just be curious about it. It's probably the best thing you could do. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah, that's great. Okay, Carson. Um, Lynn's talked about it earlier, how you go you go on your journey, you go through some stuff, you come back, and you're a different person. 
And so when your kid leaves and comes back as someone who's different than who they were when they left, it's important to adjust the way you talk to them in the sense of find different things to relate to because they're not the same person they were. It's important to show that you care about who they are as much as you cared about who they were. Oh, nice. Yeah. Just because they've changed. They're not necessarily different. They're still your kid. You still care. Even if that means you have to change every topic that you've talked about for the past 18 years Mm -hmm. that you guys have lived together. Just adjust. (laughs) Just adjust. Just adjust. Be willing to find new common ground, new topics to explore. Even some things that you don't have in common that you want to discuss with your child. Anything. Just something that shows that you still care about who they are. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. And I think that's really important. And I think that takes off nicely from what Lindsay said, because the last phrase she uttered was just be curious. And that curiosity, I don't care if your child is two or 42. Curiosity is the greatest gift you can give another human being. Tell me about yourself. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you did yesterday. Tell me how it made you feel. Tell me what was your favorite part about that. I mean, there's entire there's an entire industry built around family talk questions and mm-hmm. our moments and get to know you and cards against humanity and you can get the risque version or the you know dinner table version and you don't have to because you can just sit down and listen. Our dinner, our family dinners, are exhausting. <laughs> Gosh, I'm like. <laughs> What is going on? At the end, we all like, oh, it feels like held breath. But what I've noticed lately is dad stays around longer Mm -hmm. and just listens. Okay. Um, I noticed today that not our Christian spent about 20 minutes with grandma. Mm -hmm. I noticed that we continued a discussion about book gang Mm -hmm. at the end of the table. I noticed that. Um, I think Christian said to Chris that he had asked him a question and they didn't get an answer. So Christian went circled back and asked yeah, Chris a conversation previously left hanging. Yeah. A conversation previous left hanging. Um, Reagan just observed. I noticed that a few months ago or a few weeks ago, Chris, who is an in-law, had something he wanted to say and something he wanted to do differently. And so he brought it to the family as, Hey, I'd like to try something new. And I'm just noticing that, that there are pathways opening up pathways opening up. And so one of the things that I would like to leave you with as the most important thing is your curiosity, your curiosity about your adult children, the same kind of curiosity that you had when they were 18 months and 24 months and three years old and learning every new thing under the sun and how enraptured you were with every move they made. It's time to bring a little bit back, a little bit of that back to your adult children. 
And I know you're busy and I know they're busy and I know you may not get together as often as we do because good Lord, we get together a lot. Do you realize we had dinner Thursday? We spent all day Saturday together. We were together most of today. We will be together tomorrow night because it is food trucks. And I'm like, when? Oh, I'm like, I'm like looking forward to work. Like Tuesday and Wednesday, I will go to work. And it will feel like a relaxing day. <laughs> and I love my family. Oh, yeah, great. And bring some of that back to the extent that you get together, to the extent that you can make phone calls, to the extent that you can video chat or that you live near or that you can send a text message. Do something this week to increase your investment in your children in the same way that you invested in them when they were toddlers. And see what you can learn. And I think the other really important thing is if you ask a question, listen to the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we're, yeah, we can be pretty bad and I'm pretty sure that's a standard thing for people. So if you actually ask a question, be present so that you can hear their answer and just see what little seeds you can plant to transition these relationships into more meaningful adult relationships. And we just sent, uh, we just sent our foreign exchange student home last night and that was pretty rough and she was pretty sad and she's going to go home to a very different family dynamic than she's had here for the last 10 months. And dad and I were talking yesterday about maybe what her mom's thinking right now and how they're going to reintegrate because she had a serious hero's journey. Yeah. Her. I actually talked to her about this. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Just so because I'm that person. Yeah. Yeah. She had a huge <laughs> sever and left home. Um, only child of a single mother. She had a gigantic threshold with all these new experiences and all of these new people and all of this new family structure, a dad for the first time in her life, um, siblings for the first time in her life. And then she is now had another sever she's on a she's kind of in a loop right now they always will over yeah if you look at your life in this framework it'll always be you'll be at the end of one and the beginning of another yeah but yeah yeah and so she um she will have to go reintegrate and in the context of the conversation that dad and I had yesterday while we were walking about you know planting seeds and not demolishing you know foundational relationships there will be growing pains in her returning home and they can uh, they can ostensibly be very painful and i'm using her because hers is an extreme situation and i know a lot of people will have extreme situations but sometimes we just our lives are pretty status quo we just follow a pattern and a path and we do this and we do that and everything feels natural and so as you begin to do something new Um, Maybe get curious, maybe ask more questions, maybe invest more in trying to understand why they have done something or are not doing something else. You might find out things you don't really like. You might be surprised. You might be sad. You might be hurt. These are just growing pains. Don't let them 
stop you. Well, and I want to, I was just thinking that, you know, we kind of talk about our family as it is now. And when I think about our family kind of constellation, that's what they call it. It's Mm -hmm. like, we all were kind of grouped together. We all separated. And now we're kind of in an era of reconnecting and, you know, getting to know each other again and yeah, establishing adult relationships. And a mantra I hear all the time, I don't know if it's mantra, but time and time again, one of us will say family is hard. Mm-hmm. Family is hard. Yeah. And I told someone that today. Yeah. And family is hard. And yeah, I don't want to make it sound like these things are, I mean, they're simple, but yeah, they're not easy. And Sometimes the more you know about a person, the more you realize you disagree with them or don't like them or whatever. But I don't know. I think the knowledge, understanding, closeness, and just being known is is worth it. Yeah, I think it's worth it. Yeah. And it is hard. It is hard. Yes, I would agree. Car's last words. Ditto. Yeah. Cop out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Family's hard. Mm-hmm. And our family's hard. We're loud. We have a lot of us. We're overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't want to be around you guys. And nine times out of ten, I will choose hanging out with you guys than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I didn't speak much about my role as I've tried to transition, I just kind of wanted them to give some feedback on what they think that what advice or what needs they can share. But as I continue these podcasts, I will sort of talk about uh, the new adult role, the, the new parent role as well. And how, you know, how you decide to stay out, how you decide to move in, how you get in the relationship circle appropriately and this will overlap with the relationship circle and boundaries and other things that we've talked about because that's kind of where I'm going to go and I want to thank you too very much you're welcome yeah thanks for having us on yeah thanks hey, for mama. thanks for being my guinea pigs and again the topic in case it has not been clear is how we attend intentionally to our new relationships as parents with our adult children and stay tuned for more. I don't know when, and I don't know how, but there will be more of this. I will leave you with a quote from Dr. Gordon Newfeld. He says, a child may not know what direction he is going, but when he is attached to you, he doesn't feel lost and have a great week.